Hello and welcome to a very special end of the year, the year being 2019, episode of Our Three Cents. In the festive spirit, arriving at the manger of your ears are three wise gamers, <laughs> and we have come to bestow glad tidings and the gift of video game chat unto you. My name is Jonathan Dunn, and I am joined by my childhood friend, Chris Dow. Merry 2020 miss. And my adulthood friend, Minty Booth. Crackers and gravy. We have taken a break from our (laughs) usual countdown of our top 100 favourite video games of all time to indulge in the most festive of festivities, exchange some Christmas gifts and reflect on our year in gaming. And what a year it has been. This year has seen everything from horrible gooses and ghosts in teapots to next generation announcements and an unlikely resurgence of classic falling block based games. And above all, this year has seen an enormous amount of the most incredible looking high budget Hollywood cast led AAA gaming titles that none of us gave a shit about. (laughs) (laughs) So, chaps, what has been your highlights of the last gaming year? Chris? Well, as you've just said, and as always seems to be the case, I didn't really play many of the big sort of marquee releases of 2019, but I, I also didn't really get around starting a lot of the sort of slightly lower tier games like Astral Chain or Luigi's Mansion that that I know you really enjoyed. Mm. I I barely even began Pokemon Sword, despite the fact that I felt peer pressured into picking it up by you two. (laughs) And even as as the the year went on, I became more interested in in Death Stranding, the more kind of divisively it was received, and yet still never bought that either. So it's (laughs) one that I might play at some stage, but who knows. But in terms of like brand new games for for 2019, I think uh, Untitled Goose Game is probably one of my favourite titles of the year. Yeah. And, and that was because it was so economical with its premise that it, it was a game that was really immediate. You kind of knew exactly what you had to do as soon as you picked it up. And it really felt to me like it would kind of refresh the adventure genre. Yeah. It was genuinely funny. Uh, it didn't outstay its welcome. And I've mentioned like quite a few times since doing this podcast, I've, I've grown to be a big, big fan of like shorter games that have an interesting concept, deliver on pretty much every like permutation that their central mechanic will allow before just kind of fucking off and, and letting you play something else. <laughs> yeah. And I've got a real respect for developers that, that craft games that leave you kind of thinking, oh, you know, I wish there was just a tiny bit more instead of playing a game where you just resent the last 10, 15 hours of repetition. <laughs> and I think that that's a really good sort of poster child for that. In terms of games that I played in 2019 that were new to me, even if they, they didn't come out that year, I think 2016's Inside was, was a game that, Oh yeah, I'd absolutely love and would definitely have a place on my list if I was making it today and and I could sort of tell that within minutes of starting the campaign it like just absolutely clicked for me and I don't want to dwell too much on it because I know you've alluded to it making an appearance on, on your list Jonathan and I'm, I'm sure we'll have like a proper discussion when that naturally comes up but needless to say I, th- I think it's a remarkable piece of, of interactive media so, and it has some of the best environmental storytelling some of the best sound work some of the best puzzle mechanics uh, and just brilliant narrative that I, I think I've ever experienced it was really really good but naturally uh, I'm sure we've all assumed that this will be the case the real game of the year for me was uh, just Tetris 99 yeah I mean if if um, if 2018 ended with me playing a lot of Tetris Effect and that sort of topped the pile for that year 99 kicked off 2019 perfectly because it, it shadow launched alongside that first Nintendo Direct that I think was either was it late January or early February but since then I, I've played it literally almost every day since its release <laughs> and I never ever thought a multiplayer version of Tetris would boast 
as much depth as it has yeah. through it being this weird sort of left field take on, on the Battle Royale genre. But I absolutely love it. And I've played it this morning and I'll play it tomorrow. And I'm sure I'll still be talking about it in some in some way when we get to uh, 2021. You love them blocks. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think f- for me, like this year was, was mainly kind of led with me discovering games that didn't come out in the last year. And, and this podcast is, is entirely sort of responsible for that because it made me want to kind of take notice of games that you guys were playing games that other people were playing and just simply just try and dip my toe in sort of a wider pool of games that maybe I hadn't tried you know and it's it's mad to think of the games that I've played this year that won't be in my list despite the fact that several of them will be like I mean Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Dead Cells, Ori and the Blind Forest. I mean, they're just e- extraordinary games and I can't believe it's taken me sort of so long to sort of get around to playing them. And I'm just so thankful for this podcast for kind of giving me the impetus to, to do that. In terms of sort of a highlight of the year, I think certainly one of the big highlights was the fact that Pokemon Sword and Shield was not awful. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the fact that it was absolutely brilliant was a real bonus <laughs> and, and, I, and I, it got me so excited about uh, Pokemon as a franchise again uh, which I, I kind of well as you know from hearing me talk about it leading up to the release I was just really fed up and uh, Game Freak totally uh, stuffed a jigglypuff in my face and said <laughs> shut up this is what you want but I think certainly my my game of the year for 2019 of games that came out in 2019 has to be Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Shakira. Shakira Hips Hips Die Twice. <laughs> <laughs> it came on the back of me having got into Dark Souls and having played Bloodborne so I kind of knew what I was getting myself in for in terms of the Souls like sort of setup and from software's kind of style. But it just gave the most incredible experience. It took everything that they'd done in Dark Souls and Bloodborne, raised it up another another level, and just delivered the most amazing in-depth adventure that was sort of steeped in really rich lore and history and its own sort of fantasy sort of vibe. And it was just, I mean, it was amazing. And the more time that's passed since I've played it, I've spent thinking about it, and I've been really yearning to play it through again. Minty, what about you? Highlights of 2019? Oh, there's... There's, well, there's been a few. It's it's been yeah, it's been an alright year, isn't it for for games? I mean, I think there's three that I want to focus on. The first one was Fire Emblem Three Houses. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. After the slightly disappointing Fire Emblem Fates and uh, the one that came after that, it's just really great to have a good home console Fire Emblem game that was just expansive. It was. It had uh, the classic gameplay that we we grew up with and uh, and came to love, and the thing that really took it stratospheric for me was that I picked it up around the time that my wife left to go back to America, so that gaping hole in my life was plugged by playing it on the projector that she uses for her artwork on our lovely ceiling. Lovely. (laughs) As I laid in bed and just thought, well, what's the point of doing anything anymore? Saving the world from an imperialist monster was the meaning I found after she left. (laughs) Speaking of my wife, I also enjoyed Stardew Valley, which I've played Ah. for the first time this year. Partly 
for the fact that it was just a really good farming game and because whenever I would play it she would look over and say I'm right here why do you need to woo who's that Abigail with the purple hair <laughs> partly because it was a good game and partly because uh, it annoyed her in a fun way <laughs> Excellent. and uh, to close out the year I picked up Forager ah. after watching noted YouTuber Dangerously Funny enjoy it in his dangerously funny way. That's been great. That, uh, that's a really satisfying game. It's like premium idol, yeah. which, uh, which, which of course I like. And I've got to a point where production is just really snowballing and it's just so satisfying to walk from one end of the island to the other and just pick up like 400 million pieces of uh, <laughs> ores, some cotton, maybe, uh, maybe an egg here or there. I told you you'd enjoy it. And I really do. <laughs> That's good. I'm excited for for all the um, expansions and new content to drop on console. It's meant to be quite quite soon. I kind of maxed out what I could do on my save, but the developer says it's kind of it's all going to hit in one batch rather than the PC that's had it in stages. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's meant to be very very soon. But yeah, a lot of new stuff will come in one big whirlwind, and then we can forage together. I'll have to catch up, and and, and so I'm not left out. Yeah. So, shall we move on to what the Christmas period is really about? Ooh. Yes. What follows will be a six-hour silent sigil offered to Jesus to honour his birth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, whilst Christmas is, of course, a very important time to all of, all of those of a uh, religious persuasion, for the secular among us, it is also a special time to gather the ones you love close, exchange gifts, and reaffirm just how much you care about them. And whilst we are gathering a couple of weeks post-Christmas as opposed to recording this Christmas present. <laughs> it is nonetheless special. <laughs> it is in that spirit that we three cents have organised a little secret Santa video game gift exchange. Yeah. It's very exciting. <laughs> so we wait. drew names at random. We set a £20 limit and have bought a video game for each other. Uh, I realised after drawing the names that <laughs> the, by, <laughs> it, it was very, very clear then who had bought stuff for us. So the secret was taken out of the Santa, but uh, we shall pretend uh, that we don't know. So as we take it in turns to unwrap our gifts, our secret gifties shall reveal themselves and talk a little bit about what inspired that particular game to be given. Hmm. So shall we start with Mr. Dow? Chris. Yes. Oh, can you please unwrap your presents? Okay. There is a little card on the front of this. It says a gift, mm. a gift for you. And inside, which will reveal my, my gift giver, it says, I hope you don't have plans this holiday from Minty. <laughs> Excellent. So this, this is a gift from Mr. Booth. It's from me. Now, it's, it's in a very nice drawstring bag, so I'm, I'm taking that apart oh, first. Hi. I don't know if you can hear this. I'm trying to do it near the microphone so you get some, uh, some Foley effects. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's unwrap this here. Can you hear that, that paper? Oh, yeah. This oh, this is the PlayStation Four RPG, Tales of Zisteria. Now I yeah, know Minty has right. talked about Tales games before, and I have played none of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it had to be a JRPG, didn't it? <laughs> it did. It was always going to be. <laughs> but yeah, Minty, please, please tell me about uh, Tales of D Zisteria or the Tales franchise as a as a whole. Well, I can't tell you much about this game. Uh, specifically because I've never played it. However, I have played three Tales games. 
all of which are very good. Maybe we'll hear about some of them here or there uh, as Ooh. time goes on. But I think the Tales series is one of the best RPG franchises, JRPG franchises at least. The stories are always great. The characters are fantastic. The music is brilliant as well. But I think the thing that drew me to this game as a gift for you, Mr. Dow, is that it's a JRPG that I think can be enjoyed in bite-sized chunks. Hmm. So if you can't remember where you left off, that's that's fine because um, it'll most likely have a story synopsis that tells you sort of where you've been and what your next objective is. Yeah. Uh, you can't hack the combat. That's okay. There's no random encounters. Um, all the enemies are on the overworld and you just run into them if you fancy a fight or a scuffle. And you can even set your characters to fight automatically when you do bump into someone. You like music? It'll, it'll have that. <laughs> That's included. Easily digestible character development. If it's anything like the other games in the series, it'll have little skits that you can watch between your party members that you can listen to at your leisure. Yeah, that's it, really. That 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 overriding sense of it being sort of a bite-sized JRPG, I think, with a the greater arching narrative, is what drew me to this game, and I hope it's the one that uh, that introduces you to a genre that you've previously felt insurmountable. That is hugely appreciated. Thank you very much, Minty. How lovely! How lovely indeed. Shall we now move on to Mr. Booth? Okay. Booth. Minty, would you like to unwrap your present? I would, yes. Now, for those of you at home, this is... It looks like a game. <laughs> it's got Minty written on it. It doesn't say who it's from, though. But I ah. do know that it's from Jonathan. <laughs> it is. By virtue of how the secret Santa works. <laughs> Otherwise, he would just be giving a gift to himself. So here we go. Oh, scrunch it up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm holding in my hands the Switch version of Hollow Knight. Ooh. Uh, I'm applauding myself. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously I've heard you talk about this game, Jonathan, and mm. all sorts of people online giving it rave reviews and that. But let's, let's pretend that I, I got kicked in the head by a horse and I don't know anything about it. So I've woken up in a field. This is laying on my lap. Uh, wh where to from here? Well, uh... Home first. You need to get home. Yeah. yeah. So Hollow Knight is one that I omitted from my highlight of the year, despite it actually being one of my highlights of the year. Uh, I mentioned when I discovered Ori in the Blind Forest that in 2019, I ended up playing two of the best Metroidvania games outside of Metroid and Castlevania, one of which being Ori in the Blind Forest and the other being Hollow Knight. So it is a Metroidvania adventure. And... It is a game of incredible depth and atmosphere that is p perfectly at home on the Switch. And, you know, I've spoken before about how much I love a handheld Metroidvania. For, for me, it's just a perfect fit. It's got that kind of pick up and play ability because you've always got like a little, a little extra nook you can explore again. Or, you know, you've reached a, a save point and you're a tough bit or a boss and you can pick it up and just give it a quick go. And it's, it's very easy to kind of know where you are by virtue of uh, the way I'm, like the map system works and, and, and stuff like that. 
And like how you said, Minty, about hoping that the Tales game will be a, a bit of a gateway into sort of the JRPG uh, genre for Chris, I uh, was hoping that this may actually be a little gateway into a more Souls-like territory for you. For whilst it is a Metroidvania game, a format that you know and love, yes. it has got... A, a, a very uh, Dark Souls inspired way about it. It, it it's it's a, it's it is a hard game, but it isn't as punishing as, as those games. Uh, but the the sensibilities are retained from from those games. So there are sort of sparse save points. Um, if you die, you lose your currency, but you get a chance to get back to your point to recover it. And I mean, and that format alone just is the most addictive thing because every time you die. Instead of that instinct that goes, oh, well, fuck this, I'm not playing this again, you go, well, if I just need to get back and I can recover my whatever currency it is. Uh, and that, by virtue, means that you give it another go and another go and another go. And there's, so there's always a reason to jump back in. And it is incredibly fun. Every time you unlock a new mechanic or ability, you feel so much more powerful and the sense of progression that you get from that is just amazing it's also huge it's an absolutely enormous game i, I mean i thought it was going to be like a, a quick sort of like six seven eight hour game and i was about 24 25 hours into it when i kind of got to the end and done about like 60 percent of the game by the time i did the final boss there's loads more to kind of discover i mean initially i thought that uh, you'd be getting this game before you flew to america and back over christmas so I thought that you would have a couple of transatlantic flights to <laughs> get your teeth sunk well and truly into it. But um, hopefully you'll find uh, you'll find some time to um, get into it and kind of break the back of it and just have an absolutely wonderful time. Thank you very much. I'm excited to play it. And finally, yes, we have me. And who bought you a gift? Who could have bought you well, a present? By process of elimination and the fact that it came bundled with a birthday present from Chris, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I know that this is a, a secret Santa present from Chris. By the shape of the box, it looks like it is probably a bottle of something. Um, <laughs> yeah, I believe it's going to be a, sw- a game on the Switch, and I'm very excited to open this, and I'm going oh. to do that now. Always oh, opening it. Several layers. That's... Ah! <laughs> it is the game on the Switch called Cat Quest. Cat Quest. Cat Quest. Cat Quest. <laughs> right. Have you? Do you know this game? Have you seen this game? Have you heard of this game? All I know of this is that I have recently downloaded Cat Quest 2 onto my phone, which is a part of the Apple Arcade subscription, but I haven't played that yet. Well, here we go. I mean, they, as a series, the, the Cat Quest games, they're, I don't, they're, they're pretty unremarkable action RPGs, really. Well, thanks very much. But they're really, really enjoyable. <laughs> and it's only because they, they don't do anything particularly unique uh, that kind of sets them apart necessarily, except for them being just they've got a good character to them and in the first game cat quest that i've gifted to you all of the the characters in the game are cats uh, and the dialogue is absolutely sodden with feline puns amazing the main reason this popped into my head as soon as i drew your name was that i know that you are a man who likes puns i do <laughs> i even got a book of puns from my wife for christmas well, there you go and i i think playing this you will have a positively perfect time with it Ooh. oh gosh gosh <laughs> I, mean, I can see just from the blurb on the back explore a world ripe with cat venture like i said it's it's not a game that's trying to revolutionize like the action rpg genre um but it is very very accessible 
although it is quite simple, it's a, a sort of a top-down affair. It's got snappy combat. It's got really basic gear management upgrades, etc. It just works really nicely because it's it's easy to pick up and play. It's not massively long. And it, it's something that kind of, I, I played in just like a few sittings and beat the whole thing for sort of the 10, 15 hours it takes to get through. So that's kind of the main quest line, all side quests, little mini dungeons that I feel were kind of probably inspired by the, the shrines in Breath of the Wild because it came out a little bit after that. Oh, lovely. It's got a really nice punchy art style. I'm sure you can appreciate from the box. Yeah. And it kind of, it takes maybe like the hack and slash combat of something like Diablo, maybe but simplifies it yeah so it's not it's not quite as deep it doesn't have a loot system that's quite as layered as that but it's something that because i'm I'm often quite put off by stuff like diablo because of how deep you can go with it yeah god yeah you know i I hate the idea of playing a game like that and then playing it wrong because i've recycled the wrong sword or created the wrong character build i totally understand that and and cat quest is far more welcoming it's reasonably linear but it has like a good satisfying curve of character power that as you upgrade your your gear and, and magic upgrades and everything else as you play, uh, the enemies kind of scale around you. So you always feel like you, you've got a little bit of a challenge, but you are forging forwards. Oh, nice. So it's, it's really nice. And like I said, it, it doesn't outstay its welcome. But I, I mentioned earlier, I really like games that are a bit more snappy. So it's, it's probably like, like I said, 10, 15 hours all in if you're going to 100% it. The only thing I think that would have improved the game is uh, in the inclusion of dogs as well. The the far superior animal of the, the cat and dog divide. It, yes. But luckily they are added in the sequel. And, and as you mentioned, ah. you, you have that on Apple Arcade. I do. So I'm sure in that it means they're also canine puns as well as feline puns. So because it's on Apple Arcade, hopefully if you enjoy this one, obviously having it as part of that subscription, it's a, it's a low stakes investment to give that a go as well. And plus, to be honest, like most time I'm playing games, I've got Pip like sat on my lap anyway. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm already so fully laden with dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think Cat Quest, it fits into sort of a subsection of games that, that Minty's sort of mentioned before. This idea of like comfort food games. Lovely. Something that's that's nice to spend a bit of time with, even if it's not going to be something that you're going to go back to and play yearly or, or again and again. It's, it's something like, I really enjoy this type of game that it's, I play a lot of cheap eShop stuff these these days in between kind of bigger games. Yeah. And it's nice to have something that you can sort of commit to, but not that you have to really put loads and loads of time into or, or really think about on kind of like a higher level. Yeah. So something like I mentioned earlier, like Inside, I, I played, it took as long as it did, but then I thought about it for months. This is something that you can play just for kind of like 10, 15 minutes here and there before bed. And it's the type of thing where even if you just play it for half an hour, it always feels a good use of your time because you make quick progress. And for you, I I picked this as well, not just because of the puns, but because (laughs) I I know you really enjoy sort of mobile games that fill that void of just something to do before bed or when you wake up, like like you said about... uh was it Merge Dragons or what was it called? Yeah. Merge Dragons. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. But but for me, it's like that idea of the, the freemium game never feels as satisfying because I know that by design they don't end. Yeah. And like I played Marvel Puzzle Quest, my phone, every day for like the best part of a year, uh, a couple of years ago. <laughs> At the time, it, it became part of my morning and bedtime routine. And I found it quite comforting that it was it was simple, but engaging enough to feel worthwhile. But like I said, deep down, I knew that the only way I could finish this game in the traditional sense is if I deleted the app, like it was going to go on yep. indefinitely otherwise. I've recently come to that conclusion about Merge Dragons. <laughs> good, good. But yeah, Cat, Cat Quest, I think it pushes some of those same buttons that allows you to make progress at a, a regular sort of clip. Um, but with the promise that after you get to that 10, 15 hour mark, you've seen all that's on offer and you can move on and feel like you've, you've had your time with it and that's that's done. And yeah, I think there's there's loads of games out there 
that you can have a good time for its duration, but then also be happy to to let you move on when you when you reach the credits. And originally, I thought this would be great. Like over Christmas, you could have this as a, an aperitif <laughs> before a session of Dark Souls. Um, yeah. But uh, now, perhaps it will be a, a palate cleanser for for your Merge Dragons addiction waning off. <laughs> Probably, yeah. This will be my um, this will be my methadone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I hope you enjoy it anyway yeah I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to giving it a go lovely stuff so before we finish how about we highlight what some of our gaming hopes for 2020 are Chris 2020 has started for, for my family at least uh, quite difficultly and the, the reason we're kind of doing this slightly later than than was originally planned was that the, the illness of my mother has kind of been like kind of dominating my time at the minute and in terms of games what i really wish was coming out now ideally like sooner rather than later in the year is um animal crossing new horizons oh gosh yeah because i, I think it would be the perfect antidote to kind of the the uncertainty and flux my, my family's kind of in at the moment and i mean going back through time every time there's been a handheld animal crossing release it's tied in somehow to a stressful event in my life. Yeah. So Wild World came out when I was going for, through my first like big boy breakup, my first, my first yeah. kind of big relationship <laughs> breakup. And also at a time when I was trying to think what I was doing after school and college. New Leaf came out midway through my teacher training year, which is easily like the hardest oh. calendar year of my life for, for workload and stress. And in both cases, Animal Crossing is such like a warm embrace that it just works wonders to, to stabilize you and offer like a genuinely rewarding routine and sort of punctuation for your day. And I think New Horizons would have fit perfectly in, into my schedule at the moment. It's a bit muddled, kind of a, a bit sort of to and from. You know, there's times where I'm just kind of sat at home watching the clock or looking after family pets or, or sitting on trains going up into ho- up to and from hospitals and things like that. That I, I just, yeah, I wish I could be playing it now. All trailers is kind of, that, that are starting to sort of leak out now. Uh, and making me feel like it will be a very good Animal Crossing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which we were were sort of concerned about when Pocket Camp was making as much money as it was with its sort of freemium model. But I think they they have sorted their ideas out a bit there. Yeah. I mean, as for other games, I just want Nintendo to port a few more games for the Wii and the Wii U (laughs) is the main thing. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's a few that are still kind of landlocked to those consoles, like the Metroid Prime trilogy, Mario 3D World, the Pikmin series, uh, the Zelda HD titles. Yeah. Like my my wallet is sitting here ready. (laughs) I, I, I just need that Nintendo Direct to tell me where I need to send the cash. Yeah. And finally, which has not been announced, but could happen in the future. I would really love a sudden announcement of any new 3D Mario title. Yeah. So it's it's been a couple of years since Odyssey. I'd be happy with just a DLC campaign. I'd be happy with a, a direct sequel like uh, Mario Galaxy and Galaxy 2. I'd, I'd even be happy, to be honest, like a remake of Sunshine or going back to Mario 64. Oh, yeah. I just, I just want more Mario platforming. Uh, and I'm hoping Nintendo will, will deliver for me at some point this year. Yeah, the, uh, the the first item on my list is Metro Prime Trilogy. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> Great minds and all that. Again, Animal Crossing is, is a game that I'm massively looking forward to. But I'm starting to sort of look look forward into the next generation with obviously Xbox Series 1, X, P, 2, whatever it's called. I don't know. I mean, who names it that? I mean, why have the Xbox One X and then have the Xbox Series X as the next one? It makes no, abs. It's awful, awful. It's very, like marketing, it's bad naming. It's really bad. Elden Ring, uh, the new game from from Software, developed with George R R Martin. I'm fully expecting that it's going to be announced to be a next generation uh, release for PS5 or Xbox One shit, whatever it's called. 
but I'm just so excited for it. I can't wait to see what they're doing. From the sounds of it, they're taking quite a bit of inspiration from uh, Breath of the Wild. It's got a lot of elements, it's, you know, sort of sparse little dungeons, no real populated towns, horse riding, stuff that's never been in a From Software game before. But yeah, I, I also don't want them to rush, rush it. I don't want them to become, you know, like Ubisoft and like churning out, have to churn out a game every year. So I'm fully expecting it to be announced for next generation. And yeah, and I hope that some details about PS5 uh, get announced soon. Get me really G'd up for that. And yeah, but other than that, I'm, I'm you know, I've, I've got a lot of games stacked up ready to play. And hopefully I'll be able to sort of catch up with a few of those before some of the big, big releases of 2020 uh, come at me. How about you, Minty? In terms of games being ported to the Switch, I really want Xenoblade Chronicles X. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And continuing the NES and SNES uh, online things, I'd like the N64 to come, please. Yep. That's category one, ports. <laughs> <laughs> category two, coming to console. I'd like uh, the final expansion for The Binding of Isaac, Repentance Ooh, to yeah. come. yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. And also, if the relationship between Nintendo and Microsoft is moving upwards in the way that it has with the release of Ori and the Blind Forest, I'd like to get the Rare Replay, please. Ah. Just so I can play Viva Pinata again. Yeah, that'd be lovely. Actual bona fide games. Just want Metroid Prime 4. Yeah, mm. yeah. I'm sure we'll probably get some big announcement about that. I don't think it will be. It's not. I don't think it'll be released this year. Delayed till 2025. Well, probably. <laughs> yeah, we're due an Nintendo Direct soon, so hopefully we'll have yeah. some yeah. news. Hopefully, it won't be taken up by news of that bloody Animal Crossing that everybody wants. <laughs> get out so there we have it those are our highlights from 2019 and our hopes for 2020 uh, we all hope that you have had a excellent festive time and please do let us know what have been your highlights from the last year what you're looking forward to in the next year you can find us on facebook if you search for our three cents or you can reach out to us individually you can find me on twitter at jonathan dunn you can find me at Chaz underscore hodges you can find me at clement underscore boo and please do join us next week as we resume our countdown of our top 100 favorite video games of all time yep <laughs> I didn't have an end to that. 